بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا بالقاسم المصطفى محمد discuss the most important issues in an organized manner, inshallah. Uh, today, we discuss few points. One is the significance of morality in Islam. Second is the science of akhlaq and its status. The first is about akhlaq, the second is about the science of akhlaq. And then, inshallah, we'll talk about the definition of the science of akhlaq, the subject matter of science of akhlaq, its aims and objectives. Uh, I think for today, we will be able, inshallah, to cover this much. You know that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam introduced the essence of his mission, the nature of his mission in one sentence, which is very brief but very profound. You know, one of the characteristics of the hadith of the Prophet is that they are normally very brief, concise, and profound. The hadith of the Prophet are very normally brief and very profound. He said, I have been appointed, I have been sent, I have been raised by Allah as a prophet, only, innama means only, this is the only reason, it's not inna, it's innama, which means exclusiveness, I have been sent by Allah, or appointed by Allah, only in order to complete noble traits of there are a few points in this hadith. One is that Rasulullah to introduce the nature of his mission, he selects akhlaq. He could have mentioned other things, 
and we know that there are other tasks that a prophet has to do. But when he only mentions this, it shows that everything goes back to this point. Everything is finally to help him to achieve this. And this is why he says, now. The second is that he says, to accompany, to accomplish. Perhaps it means that this is something which has already been started. All the prophets have come to teach akhlaq and establish akhlaq. But the Prophet Muhammad came to finish the job. So Prophet Isa, Prophet Musa, all were trying to establish these virtues and noble traits of character. <coughs> but Rasulullah came to finish the job. Utammima is not abda'a. It's the utamma to finish. The other point is, he says, makarim al-akhlaq. Noble traits of character. Here again, there are many points, but I mentioned some points. He doesn't say, I have come to teach you akhlaq. Although he was a teacher. But a teacher who does not feel happy unless he sees that the students are implementing his teachings. You know, in, normally in schools, in universities, not in Hosen, but in schools, universities, you are happy, you teach and they learn, they pass the exam. The job is done. But if you are a teacher who is at the same time a murabbi, a person who wants to educate and change and transform people, so for you just to teach is not enough. Even if they learn everything from A to Z, you don't feel happy. You want to see in the result, in the you know, performance. So Rasulullah didn't say, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ so that I teach, although he was a teacher, but this is not the end of the story. Teaching in order to reach change of heart, change of the soul. And even in the Quran, when Allah says, that type of teaching is different from teaching in a, a school or university. Because you cannot teach Al-Kitab without purification. You cannot teach Al-Hikmah without purification. It's different from teaching, you know, Tafsir to someone who can be even atheist. There can be an atheist who teaches, you know, and learns and teaches and writes on Tafsir of Quran. It's possible. But to get knowledge of the book, ilmul kitab, that is something very profound in the Quran. We don't have time to talk about this concept of ilmun min al kitab and ilmul kitab. These are very different. So, Rasulullah says, I have come not just to teach, I have come to change. And not just change a little, to reach the maximum. Utammina. Okay, so it means that if you act 
within the framework that Rasulullah introduces, you can reach the peak. Because, you know, every educator may have a limit. Someone can teach you, for example, for elementary level. Someone can teach you for intermediate level. But Rasulullah can educate you up to the maximum. <coughs> so if you follow Rasulullah, there is no you know, limit, no restriction. And then he says, Makarim al-Akhlaq. Not only Mahasin al-Akhlaq. You know, we have two terms in Arabic, and these are different. Mahasin is the plural for, for Husn. Husn becomes Mahasin, which means good. Mahasin al-Akhlaq means good traits of character. Opposite to Mahasin is Masawi. Masawi is opposite to Mahasin. It is said that once Harun al-Rashid asked Ma'mum when he was a child, what is the plural for Meswak? And you know, Ma'mun was clever in the worldly things. Unfortunately, in religion, he was not clever, but in worldly things, he was clever. So, as a child, he noticed that if he says the plural form for Meswak is Masawik, then Masawik has another meaning, which means your bad things. <laughs> because Masawik means Masawi added to Kaf, it means your bad things. So when his father said, what is the plural form for Meswak? He said, opposite to Mahasin, okay. <laughs> it's your beautiful things. So, Mahasin is opposite to Masawi, okay, which means good things. So we have Mahasin al-Akhlaq. Like what? What is Mahasin al-Akhlaq? Mahasin al-Akhlaq means to do good, especially to reciprocate good. For example, your parents have been very kind to you, have been very supportive. If you have a personality of mahasin al-akhlaq, then you try to be grateful to your parents, you try to love them, to be kind to them, okay? Your friends have been helping you, have been supporting you, you try to be kind to them. You were in need, someone gave you a loan. Now he is in need. You should give him, give him a loan. This is mahasan. So the, to reciprocate, to do good to the people who have done good to you or to the people who have not done anything bad to you. But makarimul akhla, makarim is plural of makroma. Means noble traits of character. It's more than reciprocating good. Makarim is to do good to the people who have done bad to you. In Misbahu Sharia, which is attributed to Imam Sadiq salam, and we have many sources, but I'm quoting from Misbahu Sharia, it says, Sil man qata'ak 
someone who has boycotted you. You have, for example, a relative who never visits you, never calls you. Qata'aka means he has not observed the kinship. You visit him. You try to, you know, be kind to him. Selman qata'ak amman zalamak Someone who has wronged you. Pardon him. Forgive him. Man haramak, someone who has deprived you, give him. Someone who has wronged you, do good to him. This is more than reciprocation. It needs big heart. This person, when I was in need, you know, he knew and I asked him for help, he didn't help me. Now he is in need. I should offer help, not only wait for him to ask me, even without him asking me, I should offer help if I have makaramun akhlaq. Someone who has boycotted me, but now I should go and visit him. This is makaramun akhlaq. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to accomplish noble traits of character, not for himself, for people. He had himself, as inshallah he'll explain later. So, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ لِأُتَمِّمَ مَكَارِمَ الْأَخْلَاقِ So if you want to see how good we are in following Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in being a good Muslim, in being a good, you know, adherent to Islam, we have to see how much we have achieved these noble traits of character. Of course, this is something that you have to be very critical of yourself. You know, don't say, you know, I'm very good, you know, I'm perfect. No, we are not perfect. We have lots of problems. How much you are able to show these good virtues, noble virtues, if your, I don't know, mother-in-law or father-in-law or your, I don't know, sister-in-law, brother-in-law, they have doing, been doing lots of bad things against you. Are you able to respond just by doing good things to them, praying for them, praising them, being kind to them? Are you able to do so or not? Even if you are not doing any bad to them, but in your heart you don't love them, this is not good. Or, you know, you pray to Allah, you know, please, you know, destroy them. <laughs> this is not good. This is not noble. This is not makarim al-akhlaq. Makarim al-akhlaq is that... You want good for everyone. You want to help everyone. <laughs> if people have problems in their behavior, okay, we say your behavior is wrong, but I can love that person. As a doctor who doesn't love disease, doesn't love the illness, but he loves his patient. Yeah? If you don't love your patient, then how can you cure him? So when people have illnesses, still we should love them. We should pray to Allah to help them. We should try to you know, do good to them. And this is if we know that they have problems. Because many times people have no problem. We have problems. Many times I am the one who is responsible and causing all the troubles. What I am saying is you are 100% sure that that person is causing the trouble. Still you have to be kind. 
But if you are yourself causing the trouble, then you have to be very, you know, critical mm -hmm. of yourself. So, Rasulullah is saying that the nature of my mission is this. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself had this beautiful character. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Innaka la'ala khulluqin azim. In Arabic, inshallah, when you learn balaqa, you will see that they say, when you have a noun statement, noun clause, it shows emphasis. Then you have n and you have lam. So these two are also for ta'kid. It was enough to say, for example, you have without n and ka. Allah says, you truly have great traits of character. When Allah says great, it's very important. Because greatness, when it is used by people, depending on their own size, has different meaning. If a child says, for example, you know, today was great, it means that he had an ice cream and a chocolate. <laughs> These two can make his day great. If an adult says, you know, for a teenager says, today was great, it means that he went to cinema with his friends. And they laughed. But those who have, you know, very high vision, for example, those who are working for, I don't know, establishing peace between nations. If they say today was great, it means that they were able to broke a peace treaty between two nations. They saved, you know, lives life of thousands of people. They said, this was a great day. So everyone, depending on his size, says something is great or not. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says something is azim, it means it's beyond our understanding. You know, this universe, this dunya, with all the things that it has, Allah says it is qalil. Yeah? Mata'un qalil. If you have you know, all the luxuries of dunya, all the treasures of dunya, all the, I don't know, land, all the oceans, all the planes and cars, everything, Allah says it's mata'un qalil. Yeah? It's very little. But when it comes to Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, So it means that he really had great trait of character. And Rasulullah didn't have this great you know, character when he became a prophet. You shouldn't think that Rasulullah in the age of 40, all of a sudden became a very great person. No, he was great. And this is why Allah chose him. Of course. To be a prophet adds to the value of the prophet, you know, and Allah gave him, you know, revelation, gave him support. But in the first place, he was a special person. 
in a society in which Akhlaq was not important apart from few points. There were few virtues that even for the pagans were very important. For example, for the pagans, it was important, not all the time, but it was important that, for example, if someone gives protection to someone, then they should respect. Or generosity, hospitality, few things were important for them. But of course, there were always exceptions. Because, you know, they didn't have any principle in their life, so sometimes they were playing with this. Even, for example, you know, they used not to fight in the four months of haram. But then sometimes they were playing, you know, around this, and, you know, they were changing the order of the months. So, for example, if this is Muharram, and they wanted to fight, they said, this year Muharram has not yet come. Okay? So they called this, for example, is Rabiul Awwal. So they were fighting. This is called Nasi. The Quran says, So they were changing the order of the months. So, there were exceptions, but they were somehow trying to observe few virtues. But most of the virtues were absent. There was no sense of, you know, mercy, no sense of, you know, honor, respect for weak people, for poor people, for slaves, you know. It was very, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, ignorant society. But in that society, Rasulullah sallallahu right from childhood, he showed always virtues. This is very important, you know, people should study this. How a person who had no father, no mother, okay, he was not influenced by the society. He was not, you know, affected by the bad habits of the society. It is true that his grandfather, his uncle, you know, they were, you know, helping, but it's very difficult, you know, to live in a society full of corruption and you are not affected if, as a child, as a teenager. There is no record of Prophet being involved in any mischief, any bad thing, anything. Indeed, it was opposite. For example, you know, when he was just a teenager with a group of the youths, you know, they made the truth, you know, helpful fudul to support every stranger who comes to Mecca and, you know, he has no helper because they saw that, you know, someone had entrusted his money, you know, to some people in Quraysh, of Quraysh and they didn't give him back because he was a stranger. Anyway, Rasulullah showed this virtuous character from the beginning. He was known as Amin before Islam. There is a very beautiful uh, a statement by Lady Khadija about why she agreed to marry the Prophet. And indeed she proposed marriage to the Prophet. Yeah, unfortunately in our society it's bad if girl or the parents of the girl, you know, propose marriage. But uh, Lady Khadija herself proposed a marriage, although she had lots of proposals. Very important people, they had proposed, but she didn't accept. Then there is a 
a statement why she accepted to be wife of the Prophet Muhammad. It's very beautiful. And this shows how good was Lady Khadija and how good was the Prophet. She mentions good traits of character of Rasulullah. And said, this is why, you know, I was happy to be his wife. And Rasulullah's obedience to Allah. It's very beautiful. So Rasulullah had this habit, this character from before, and also discontinued, and you know, of course, was a strengthened after he became a prophet. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us that you should follow the example of the prophet. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ There is a good example for you in Rasulullah. It's very general. Rasulullah is not good example only in some affairs. He is good example in everything. You know, you can find role models who are good in certain areas. For example, there is a person who is very good in studying. A person who is very good in, I don't know, running the house or running the business. Or a person is very good alim. But maybe in some affairs, in some you know, areas of their life, they are not that good. Yeah? Maybe, for example, in his family life, he's not that good. Or maybe in his punctuality, he's not that good. Yeah? Maybe in his determination, he's not that good. But Rasulullah was... Good in every aspect. And this is why we can choose him, him as a role model in everything. So, this shows that Rasulullah himself had this character, this novel trait of character, and Allah therefore chose him to spread, to teach people and establish among people this noble trace of character. Another thing that we have, which also shows how <coughs> important is akhlaq, is about nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, the whole point in our religiosity, in our spirituality, in our journey, is to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, we all the time say, you know, I do this qurbatan illallah. Okay? We do everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that we can get nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does it mean to get nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It's not getting nearer to Him in a particular space. It's not a geographical, you know, journey. Getting nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has different explanation. One good example explanation, there are also other good explanations, but one of them is to resemble Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as possible. To resemble Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his perfection, in his virtues. Of course, as much as possible. We can never become like him. Mm -hmm. But still, we can try to become 
much more, you know, closer to him. There is a hadith from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I quote from Rawdatul Muttaqeen fi sharh man la yahdhuruhu al-faqih. Man la yahdhuruhu al-faqih is a book that you should be very familiar with because this is one of our four major collections of hadith. One of the Arba'a is Man la yahdhuruhu al-faqih. This is a collection compiled by Shaykh al-Saduq, rahmatullah alayh. And the idea is to teach yourself fiqh. Man la yahdhuru al-faqih means the one who has no access to faqih. So he was trying to teach fiqh by bringing hadith in a classified you know, order. And then the father of Allama Majlisi, you know, Allama Majlisi is Muhammad Badr. His father, Muhammad Taqi, was also a great scholar. And his father has a commentary on Man La Yahdur, which is called Rawdatul Muttaqin. Rawdatul Muttaqin fi Sharh Man La Yahdurul Faqih. Means garden of the pious. Rawdan is garden. And this is a commentary. So in this book, volume 1, page 312, he quotes this hadith. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Takhallaqu bi-akhlaqillah. Takhallaqu bi-akhlaqillah. Try to acquire the virtues that exist in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those virtues that from the Prophet Yes, from Rasulullah sallallahu For example, Allah is Rahim. You should be Rahim. Allah is kind, merciful, you should be kind. Allah is Muhsin. Allah is Sadiq al-Wa'at, he keeps his promise. Allah is knowledgeable, you should try to be knowledgeable. Allah is powerful, you should try to be powerful. Should not be weak. Yeah. There are only few exceptions that we should never try to achieve because it's not possible. For example, like Kebriya. Greatness, absoluteness is something that we cannot achieve. If we want to achieve, it becomes arrogance. Al Kebriya or it's only Allah's, you know, uh, like dress. No one can take that dress. It becomes takabbur. It becomes arrogance because we are not, you know, in that position. But apart from those few exceptions that can only suit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should try to achieve those qualities that Allah has as much as possible. There is also a hadith from Imam Sadiq in Al-Kafi. Volume 5, page 70. Fata'addabu. Fata'addabu. Ayyuhan nafr. Bi'adabillah. Nafr means group. All group of people. All people. Try to acquire the etiquettes or the manners that Allah has. Adab means manners, etiquettes. فَتَعَدَّبُوا 
ایوها نفر به آداب الله اخلاق الله آداب الله این رو در از دیفرانس بیفین اخلاق ان ادب We don't have time to explain this. Maybe sometime, inshallah, I will explain. Adab is more matter of practice. Akhlaq is more a matter of quality of the heart of the soul. So we should try to be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in having his qualities as much as possible. The late Mullah Saleh Mazandarani. Who was Mullah Saleh Mazandarani? He was a great alim, son-in-law of Allama Majlisi. So today we deal with the family of Majlisi. So his father, and this is his son-in-law. Imam, the daughter of Majlisi, who was wife of Mullah Saleh, was a great alim. And it is said that in the, you know, I think it was first night after marriage, uh, Mullah Saleh Mazandarani, because you know, he was busy with a study, but he was stuck with one text and he was not able to understand. So he left the pen, everything he left, he was not able. Then he saw in the morning that his wife had written for her, you know, the explanation. And he thanked Allah very much for having such a learned, you know, wife. Because was daughter of Majlisi and she was very learned. So Mullah Saleh Mazandarani, he has a commentary on Al-Kafi. Al-Kafi by Kulaini. So his wife's grandfather has commentary on one of the Kutub Arba'e. He himself has commentary on Al-Kafi, which is another Kutub Arba'e. So in volume 9, page 352. He says, ليس التقرب إلى الله بالزمان ولا بالمكان To get closer to Allah, approximation to Allah, is not something which happens in the time or space. Okay? It's not that Allah is in a certain space that we go closer to Him, or in a certain time that you go close to that time. بل بالتشبه في الكمال تقرب means Tashabbuh means to become like him, to resemble him in perfection. Kama qila takhallagu ba'akhlaqillah. As has been said, takhallagu ba'akhlaqillah. Kullama hasala fil insan min sifatihi ta'ala. Whatever happens to you, comes into existence in you from Allah's qualities. Kal'ilm, like knowledge. Wal'hilm, patience or forbearance. Wal'rahmah, mercifulness. Wal'bir, kindness. Ma huwa akmal. When you try to achieve this more and in a more perfect way, bil-riyadati wa-zuhd, by exercising, making efforts, and by detaching yourself from dunya, then you are nearer to Allah. So if you are more merciful, if you are more knowledgeable, if you are more generous, more kind, means you are nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa 
و روی عن عیسی ابن مریم خطابا للحواریین it has been narrated that prophet Isa alayhi salam told his disciples kunu kamilin kama inna allah rabbakum fis sama' kamilun try to be perfect as your lord in heaven is perfect of course, perfection for us is relative. For Allah is absolute. We cannot be you know, absolutely perfect. Okay? We try to be better and better, but we can never be perfect. Okay? So when we say Kamil, you know, in Islamic mysticism, they have this term, Ensan Kamil, the perfect man. But uh, you should know that perfect man doesn't mean absolute perfectness, because absolute perfectness is only for Allah. Insan Kamil means a man that in his humanity is perfect. But humanity by itself has limitations. Okay? It means that he has a human nature. He doesn't lack any essential qualities of human being. But still, he is not perfect. He's a finite being. So, we should try to be as much as possible like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should try to follow the example of Rasulullah who himself had khuluq adim Therefore, there is no doubt that in Islam, the most important thing is to improve our character, improve our soul, our heart. And anything else should help in this regard. Even our actions, why we do actions, why we pray, we fast, we give charity, we go for Hajj, in order to help us in becoming a better person. Because we are doing this to get nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if I do these actions and I don't become nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so it means that these actions have not worked. Unfortunately, many times we forget, instead of trying to do these actions with understanding, with a struggle to become a better person, we do them as routines. And I am the same person. After years of doing these actions, I am the same person. You see, people go, you know, to Hajj. Once, twice, three times, ten times, twenty times, thirty times, the same person. We go to months of Ramadan, one month of Ramadan, second month, the same person, if not worse. So what is the benefit? Of course, we have to fast, we have to go to Hajj. I'm not saying we should stop, but I'm saying that we should become a better person. If, if we go to a school... It's in order to become a learned person. But if you go to a school and act like ignorant people, what's the benefit? So, the most important thing is to change our character into a character which is compatible with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's expectation of us, Rasulullah's expectation of us. I have a discussion here that might be the last point today mm -hmm. about 
ilmul akhlaq and its order. Because so far we have been talking about akhlaq. Then we have ilmul akhlaq, the science, the discipline which is responsible for studying akhlaq. Next week we will go to the definition and its subject matter. You know, we will have more technical discussion next week. But I want to say today that what is the order of ilmul akhlaq? In other words, is it the first thing that we should learn? That we should learn, you know, how to change our akhlaq, our character? Or it is something which comes after other sciences, like after aqa'id, after fiqh? Because you know that, as we discussed in the discussion about aqa'id, we have three major sciences that everyone must know. We have aqa'id, we have akhlaq, we have fiqh. What is the order? My understanding is this. Sometimes you are talking about the science as science. Which science is the most important one? I think Aqaid is the most important science. Because it is through Aqaid that you achieve the foundation, your beliefs, your doctrines, your faith. Then it is akhlaq. Then it is fiqh. So aqaid is the most important science. Every person first should try to sort out his aqaid. And then is akhlaq and fiqh. In practice, if you want to, not to talk about what is the most important thing. If we want to manage our time. For example, I want to become a good person. What should I do? The first thing is, of course, to correct my aqaid. Then the second is to learn fiqh. Because if I want to correct my akhlaq, it takes years. Aqaid, then ahkam. Like a person who wants to convert. Okay? Proper aqidah. And then we say, this is wajib, this is haram. And then we give him a code of virtues and vices. And then... It takes time. So in practice, aqa'id is first, ahkam is second, or fiqh is second, akhlaq is the third. Okay? So, as a science, aqa'id, akhlaq, fiqh. In practice, aqa'id, fiqh, akhlaq. Okay? But, when it comes to human development. Is aqa'id more important or akhlaq? Definitely, ahkam or fiqh is not the most important. It's either aqa'id or akhlaq. Okay? Because ahkam is about actions. Some people say aqa'id is more important. But I believe akhlaq is more important. Not as science, as Qualities. Why? This is a very <coughs> delicate issue. Why? Because we are not talking here about what to know. We are talking about how to be. Akhlaq is the most important thing because 
without some good traits of character, you will never become mu'min. To be faithful is not a matter of knowing only. You cannot say, okay, first you know aqaid, and then you try to be a good person. No. Those who are mu'min, they must have some good quality in the first place. Otherwise, they don't become mu'min. Because iman is not a matter of knowledge only. There are people who know and they don't believe. جَحَدُوا بِهَا وَاسْتَيْقَنَتْهَا أَنفُسُهُمْ ظُلْمًا وَعُلُوبًا They denied Allah's signs, but they were certain. To believe, to submit, needs humbleness before the truth. Needs openness to the truth. If someone is arrogant, if someone is unjust, he would not accept, even if he knows. If you read Quran from the beginning to the end, I have done this, you know, with this question about Iman in mind. I studied the Quran from the beginning up to the end. You see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when it comes to kufr, doesn't treat kufr as an epistemological issue. As a matter of not, you know, being able to understand properly. Kufr is a moral issue. Those who are kafir, of course, kafir in this sense. Because in the Quran, kufr doesn't mean just not to be a believer. Kufr means to deny, to reject. This is kufr al-juhud. Because we have four types of kufr. And when there is no evidence, so it means kufr al-juhud. This is a matter of having bad akhlaq. And this is why Allah blames them. If someone doesn't know, doesn't understand, you shouldn't blame him. It's not a moral issue. But kufr is a moral issue. Kufr, of course, in this sense, again, I repeat, I'm not saying every person who doesn't believe is a bad person. Maybe this person still, you know, has not been exposed to the truth. Maybe still is. But kufr al-juhud, which is the most common type of kufr in Quran, is a moral issue. If someone is open to the truth, if someone is humble, sooner or later he comes to the truth. Is there any doubt in Allah, the creator of the skies and the earth? But there must be purity. There must be openness. Openness of the heart brings light to your faith, to your heart, light of faith. So, when it comes to heart, to soul, akhlaq is the foundation. And then iman is built on akhlaq. Of course, then akhlaq can continue after <coughs> Iman, and Iman helps Akhlaq. Okay? Akhlaq helps Iman, Iman helps Akhlaq. But in the first place, there have to be some good Akhlaq. You know, sometimes you can reflect on the stories of companions of the Prophet. For example, Abu Zar 
was a mushrik idol worshiper. But why Abu Zar became a companion of the Prophet and one of the good ones? Do you think Abu Zar was like, for example, Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab? And it just happened? For sure, Abu Zar had some good qualities. For example, he was very honest. You know, we have hadith that a sky has not provided shadow on someone more truthful than Abu Dhar. He was a very honest and truthful person. Salman was not just a Zoroastrian, you know, like many other Zoroastrians. Of course, you know, with all the respect that we have for the Zoroastrian, but not everyone, you know, became a muwahhid. He was a man who was searching, looking for truth. He left his luxurious life looking for better understanding. He became Christian, then he became you know, Muslim. He went to Medina waiting for the Prophet of Akhar zaman to come. So don't think that these people were like any other person in that society and accidentally they became Ammar, they became Abu Zar, they became Salman. The same is about, for example, our revered brothers and sisters. So they must have had some good qualities <laughs> before coming to Islam that that helped them to come to Islam. And maybe those qualities we lack as Muslims. So we still need to convert. <laughs> we are not sure that whether we are you know, converting to Islam or not. But Alhamdulillah, they have this test. So, there must be some good, and when I say good, some major, not something, you know, marginal. Because everyone has some good, you know, character, even, you know, the most, you know, wicked people have some good, I mean something major. Like honesty, sincerity, humbleness, kindness, these are very important qualities. There must be something like this in someone's heart so that he becomes a believer or she becomes a believer and then of course this can continue he can improve she can improve with her akhlaq, you know <coughs> her faith and also learns how to practice okay uh, inshallah next week we will continue with giving a definition of the science of akhlaq, its subject matter aims and objective and inshallah we will try also to compare Akhlaq with fiqh, akhlaq with irfan, akhlaq with some similar disciplines. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين. اللهم صل على محمد و